Blessed one, welcome to Inspiring Word, a life-transforming encounter with the Word of God with Bishop Steve Asari. Bishop Steve Asari is the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, the Way Cathedral. Lighthouse Chapel International is part of the United Denomination, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Steve has a unique teaching gift and ministers powerfully under the anointing. Join us now on Inspiring Word with Bishop Steve O. Asari. Father, we bless you and we honor you. Holy Spirit, continue to minister to us with power from above. In the name of Jesus. Touch us, O God. In the name of Jesus. Draw us closer to the Father. In the name of Jesus. Let the will of the Father be done in our lives. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together. Give a shout of praise to Jesus. If you are alive, somebody. Please be seated as I share a very short but important, very important message on growing in the spirit by reading your Bible regularly. Growing in the spirit by reading your Bible regularly. So, when you are born again, you need to grow after you are born again because the word there is what? Born. Like every baby that is born, we have an expectation that the baby will grow. Is that not so? And if they don't grow, what happens? Eh? It's a major problem. It's a major Major, 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 major worry. And I think there are Christians who are like babies that are not growing. And it's a major worry in the spirit, in the realm of the spirit. And it is not something you can see physically, although some signs are there. I mean, you can see signs of a Christian who is not growing. Somebody who doesn't love coming to church is a Christian who is not growing. Because coming to church is one of the things a Christian must do. So if you are a growing Christian, you will love church more and more. So that lack of love and enthusiasm for coming into the house of God, it's a sign that you are very immature. They have to come and organize you. Somebody has to come and carry you and do whatever it is before you come to church. It's a sign. Another sign is a Christian who cannot pray. It shows that you are not growing because prayer is our spiritual weapon. Yes. When you are able to pray, you are somebody who also are able to enter into the realm of the spirit, do warfare in the realm of the spirit, change things in the realm of the spirit, organize even your very life in the spirit. So those who pray, what they are doing is that in the spirit, you see, anything that happens in our lives here, 
I mean, it, 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 it has happened already in the spirit. So if you are connected to the spirit realm, you affect things, you change things, you, you dictate things if you like. You organize the way things should go before they happen by your prayer because you are in there. But if you are not a prayer person, you don't make any impact in the realm of the spirit. So those who control those realms will decide what should happen to your life. So they are deciding your life for you. And remember, when I talk about those who control those realms, I'm talking about evil spirits, not good spirits. So all they will bring to you is evil. But if you are also somebody who stands, you are a force to reckon with in the spirit. Even when they are talking your issues and deciding things, they are very careful because they know who you are. And they know that they saw somebody you can just cause things to happen for or organize things for and so on. They are careful because they know you. Knock your neighbor's head and ask, do they know you in the spirit? In the spirit, who knows you? They said what? Who knows you in the spirit? And they know people in the spirit. Do you remember the demons? Uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Sons of Skiva. When they said, come out, they said, ah. They said, they commanded the demon, come out of this man in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. Yes. And they said, you have mentioned two names, which we know. We know Jesus, and we know Paul. But you, the one given the command that we should come out, who are you? Could it be that one day when we are praying and you command something, they will stand there and say, who are you? What power do you have to command us? We don't know you. You don't come this way. You, 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 you are not part of the issues and the things that go on over here. So spiritual growth also has to do with somebody who has a voice in the realm of the spirit. That's why when you have an issue, you want to run to somebody to pray for you. Because you think that person has a voice in the realm of the spirit. But you can also have a voice in the realm of the spirit. When you stand there and you lift your voice and it is something you do regularly, they know you and you have faith and you are doing it by faith. They will know you. They will notice you. As soon as you rise up in the night, they will say, hey, there's trouble today. Yes. So let me also speak to people who used to pray and have totally backslidden in your prayer life. Maybe you used to wake up in the night or you used to wake up at dawn or you used to, by all means, you pray, but it doesn't work like that. Now, you are even more at risk. Your risk level is higher. Yes. Because if you used to pray, it means that you used to bombard the demons and they know you. That this guy has been worrying us. And now that you have 
drop your weapon, oh, they will come for you very easily. So spiritual growth is about your ability to stand as a man of prayer and as a woman of prayer. There are many different things, but today I want to talk about the word. The word. The word. You know, when you come to church, it's like you don't have a Bible. It's a sign. You're not having a Bible. It's a sign that spiritually you are immature. Now inspect your neighbor's Bible and let's see the immature one. Write their names and bring to me. Inspect your neighbor's Bible. Say, I want to see. Bring out your Bible and let me see now. You're not having a Bible in church. For me, it's a direct sign that you are not somebody who reads Bible. Challenge me. No, no, no. I need somebody to challenge me. That you'll never have a Bible. Eh? They have a bag, but there's no Bible. So then what do you, big bag, what do they bring to church? Makeup bag. It's very heavy, but there's no Bible. Hair, brush for the girls and slippers. You are very, very, very carnal. You are not spiritual. Yeah. I'm saying, if you want, this one is to the young men. If you have a Bible, before you should do this test. If you want to find a sister who reads Bible, look for her Bible in church. Whether as she's coming to church, she has a Bible. When she sits down and she opens her bag, whether there's a Bible. You know, one day I sat in a trotter some years back. That time the trotters, you sit here and you sit here face to face. So this lady came to sit there. I said, ah, this one is a cliff. I just said to myself. Then when we had to pay, she opened her bag to take money. When she opened the bag, this is Bible staring from the back in my face like that. And then a notebook in there said, ah, I can see. Yes. And it was enough. Do you see? It was just enough. So if you don't have a Bible in church, whether um, electronic, but I say that if you are sitting in front over here, I don't want to see phone for Bible. Yes. You must have Bible, Bible. Or tablets. But phone, I'm not sure what you are doing. Why am I not sure? I'm not sure because people do all kinds of things in the church. We are preaching, they are doing Facebook, they are here, they are watching pornography in the church. And they are in the middle to the back. That one is okay. But if you sit in front here, and whilst I'm preaching, you are doing, uh, we are sending WhatsApp messages or you are doing Facebook or doing any of those things, some bad thing will happen to you. Yes. That's why I don't allow phone for Bible 
in my vicinity. How can you read phone on Bible? How can you read, read Bible on phone? But they said there's a, what? Three under school, school under three and things like that. This one is just the same as that. <laughs> the phone will be on the Bible. Yes. A message will come. If you are reading your Bible on your phone or your phone on your Bible, which one are you reading? Because be my phone... Almost every whatever, something is coming on it. Something is coming. So I really wonder. I have Bibles on my phone, not one Bible. But I don't, like, I want to read Bible or study Bible and then I pick my, no, 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 no. Rather, I throw my phone away. Yes. So that I can read Bible. I throw it away. So if you have your phone, as you start reading, Sami is sending a message. And you have been waiting for Sami's message all this while. And suddenly it's coming. Are you sure you can read the Bible and finish before you go and check the message? And as soon as you check the message, you will respond. Because you've been waiting for Sami to say hi. And as you respond, then he comes. That's it. Let's be serious. Yes. He said, don't take your Bible and, and, and you can't read anything. You are rather sending messages and receiving Oh, my Bible is on my phone and I'm reading it. You are a liar. You are a liar. Four important facts about the Bible. Number one, the Bible is God's word to mankind. The Bible is what? Say it with me. The Bible is what? God's word to mankind. Wow. Second Timothy 3.16 All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Second Timothy 3.16 Have you opened your Bible? Check your neighbor whether they are opening their Bible to Second Timothy 3. 16. And if they have a Bible and they don't know where 2 Timothy is, tell them that tonight a demon will come and visit you. You better learn where 2 Timothy is now. Hmm. Don't laugh. Fool. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly finished unto all good works. Ask your neighbor, who is the man of God they are talking about here? 
Did you see man of God in the verse? Who is this man of God? Afre, ask your neighbor, who is this man of God? She said what? She said who? You. She said you. That's what I heard. That you are the man of God. <laughs> who is this man of God? So everybody is this. I, I read another version. He said, everybody who belongs to God. Something like that. That's how the version put it. Everyone who belongs to God. So when you see man of God, the pastor may be complete. The prophet may be complete. Perfect. Perfect is complete, actually. Thoroughly finished unto good works. So, the, what you need to know from this, there are so many things we can say from this scripture, but because my time is up already, let me just finish by saying that the most important thing you should know here is that every scripture is the word of God. It's inspired by God. Other versions say it's breathed by God. It's God's breath. God's inspiration. When you have any scripture, it is God's word. When you hold your Bible... It's God's word. The Bible is a book. But the words in the Bible are God's words. And you always need to believe when you take, if you read your Bible, you take your Bible and you read anything, this is God's voice, this is what God is saying to you. It is not a man. We will say that Paul said this and uh, Abraham said this and Nicodemus said this. But it is the word of God to you. It is from God. Believe that it is from God. You have to have that faith that this thing or this word or this voice or this message, it is from God. It's God's word. It's God's voice to you. God is giving you instructions. God is giving you teachings. And he said that it is profitable for four things. What are these four things? Number one is what? Number one is what? Doctrine. What does it mean, doctrine? Teachings. A body of teachings. Like the word of God is the kind of teaching, body of teachings you must have in you. Because people have different kind of things. Some have what? Philosophy. Some um, anything. But for you, when we get into you, what we find as the kind of knowledge which is embedded in you will find the word of God. Yes. It's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for reproof. Reproof. 
is reproof is the power of the word to remind you or caution you that this thing you are doing or you are about to do is wrong. Yeah, that's the word. That's the power of the word. That this thing is wrong. It has to do with the stimulation of your conscience. It works from deep within. And many things we may end up doing, but how do you know? Even if you haven't read it, you don't have a scripture. Matthew chapter, this verse, this says this. As you are proceeding, you know in yourself that this thing is wrong. How many of you were doing something and you knew in yourself that that thing was wrong? Lift your hand. Without anybody talking to you, without you asking any question. And how many, although you knew, you still continue to do? Lift your hand and let me see. Look at how they are lifting their hand boldly. You will know. Because... The word is spirit, and it is inside of you. So sometimes you may not quote chapter this verse this, but look, it is there. So to reprove you, the word reproves you of wrongdoing. And then the other thing it does is what? Correction for those who want to be corrected. It's not everybody who wants to be corrected, but if you are reproved that this thing is wrong, you will do your best to correct it. Is that not so? Yes. Yes. Not just to know that it's wrong. Even the way you lifted your hand boldly, if you were told from within that it's wrong, and you still did it, next time, he said, no, this thing... I know because I was told, I I got it from my heart. I'm not going back to it again. For correction. Correction is moving away from the wrong thing and doing the right thing. Then it means you have corrected the thing. Yes. So the word of God is to make us move away from doing the wrong thing into coming to do the right thing. That's correction. Changing. Doing something different. Are you still here? And then, for instruction in righteousness. Training us to live God's way. So the word there, instruction, is training. That word, instruction, is training. So the word of God, when you read your Bible, you are trained to live the way of God instruction into righteousness. Now, what happens to the person who is exposed to the word of God this way? Verse 17. Then that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Change the version. NIV. God uses it to prepare so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You cannot engage in good works without the word word of God. 
So anybody who wants to engage in good work, you want to do anything for God, your first step is that you must love the word of God. You must love reading your Bible. You must love having your quiet time. You must love the word that is preached to you. You must have a Bible and you must read the Bible. Ask your neighbor, have you heard? Number two, God's word gives us direction for our lives. Direction for your life. The word of God guides us in what to say, what to do, and where to go. All our decisions and actions must be based on this all-important book. Your decisions and your actions all of them must be based on the book. That's the word of God. Wow. Psalm 119 verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. May the word of God guide you. Are you here? Let the word guide you. Take your decisions based on the word of God. I am doing this because I saw it in the Bible. I am doing this because I heard it preached. I am following this because that is what I know from the Bible. So that your, your life, your actions, your decisions will be led by or directed by the word. You are doing it because the word says so. If the word doesn't say so, you will not do. That is why it is... It's, it's, it's a tragedy, I should say, if you don't know the Bible. It's a tragedy. It's a very serious issue. Because every action, every move, what you do, what you say, is supposed to be motivated by the word, guided by the word. In other words, you should have the backing of the word of God for what you do. This is what, I'm doing this based on this. I'm doing this because I, I know this scripture. I'm doing this because the scripture says this. That's what God wants from you. So if you don't know the scriptures at all. Now, the other one about the reproof. <laughs> it, it's, such, it's a spiritual, you don't even have to know the scripture, but you'll be reproved. Once you're a Christian. Do you know that? In the beginning was the word, and the word was and the word was God. The word became flesh. That is Jesus. So if you are born again and Jesus is in you, the word is in you. When you do whatever is against Jesus, I mean you will know. That one you will know. But as to being guided by the word and doing the right thing and going to the right place and not going to the wrong place because you are led by the word and you are guided by the word of God. That what you need to know. You need to know. Message says what? Okay. By your word, I can see where I am going. Say it again. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. So the word of God throws a beam of light on your dark path. So if there's no word, your path is dark. 
and you are walking in darkness. Oh, you will fall down in the darkness. Number one. You've been wrong in the darkness. That's why you are always afraid of something. Because the word is not there. The president is always fighting to provide light for us because he knows that many of us, when the light goes off, demons worry us. Number three, the word of God helps to change our thinking and keeps us from bad habits of our past. The word does what? Helps to change our thinking And keeps us from bad habits of the past. How many had some bad habits before you became a Christian? Anybody who had bad habits before you became a Christian? How many after you became a Christian, you you still were struggling with bad habits or even still struggling with bad habits today? Anybody like that? Anybody like that? A few Christians are in the church. You see, because habits, they get ingrained in you. And they become part of you. And it's not easy to do away with them. But you're consistently reading the Bible and finding these things that you are trying to run away from, that the things you have to avoid and the things you don't have to do, as you find them, as you read them, as you study them, then they help you to come out of it. Actually, even the word makes you strong to overcome the things of the past. There's no automatic change to any person that you used to drink. And then now you have become a Christian. You have received Jesus. And you say, from now I'm a Christian. Then suddenly drinking has gone away from you. It doesn't work like that. No, 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 no. It does not work like that. Maybe for a few people, exceptionally, whatever. But generally, the same thing will be there. You will feel like drinking. If you are smoking, you feel like smoking. If you had a girlfriend and you got born again last week, you still have a girlfriend who will come. And when he comes, when she comes around, whatever used to happen, it will happen again. Now, now I'm born again, so I don't get erections. There's nothing like that. Maybe it will be even more powerful because now you have more power inside. But exposing yourself to the word, studying the word, having your quiet time, memorizing the scriptures, finding out what it means, reading other, why do we change the version because when you change the version some versions will throw some more light on the thing you can see it better but you you don't have time to read another version or in your life you have only one version or you don't even have one 
as you engage in these things, it creates power inside and it fights the past things. Very soon you find out that you are not interested in them again. Oh yes. You can fight them off. You can finish with them. You are not interested again. You don't want it again. Even if they bring it to you, it's like, what is this? You can easily fall anyway. So, look, anything that is like a habit or you are involved in before you become a Christian, when you become a Christian, be very careful about that thing. Be very careful. True. Because you can go on and on and on and then you come back into the same problem again. Yeah. I know people who are pastors. They became born again years back. They loved God. They studied. They did whatever. They became pastors. But they, they were smoking weed before they got born again. Somehow, some way, a woman along the way, maybe after many years, then I remember especially this person is a pastor. And then it came out that he was smoking. And he said he was, he was going to have his wedding. And he went to invite some, some of his friends for his wedding. Then when he went to invite them, they were smoking. And I'm sorry, chain one, two. Or convincing or chain one, two, be with them. <laughs> so after marriage, then this thing is still on. So, so the things, they are demonic, I should say. Demonic. Demonic. And you really have to approach them by, if you know the word, you quote the scriptures. You quote the scriptures. When the thought comes, you quote the scriptures. When, when the desire comes, you quote the scripture. You mention the scripture. You are confessing the scripture. You are talking the scripture. You are using the scripture. That's how to overcome. But if it's like you are just there, so now I'm a Christian, so this is a... No, 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 no. It will come for you, be you'll be surprised. Yes. Oh, learn the word. Psalm 119, verse number 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto, according to thy word. Right? Other version, it says, how can a young man keep his way pure? How can a young man live a clean life? NIV. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. And they are talking about young because young men and purity is a struggle. Is it a struggle for any young man? Yeah. It's a fight. And young ladies as well. It's a fight. And it says that, how can you live pure? How can you overcome it? How can you win the fight? By living your life according to the word of God. I ask people, especially young ladies, ah, so 
Eh, the person wanted to sleep with. Why didn't you sleep with, with him? Why didn't you do it? Oh, me, I don't like to do such things. Eh, my father eh, was very strict in the house, so he wouldn't allow you to go out. Eh, I was afraid I'll be pregnant. Uh, those kind of answers, and they are fascinating. Because I'm looking for an answer. What answer do I want? A scripture that says that fornicators and adulterers will end up in hell. And you have read it in the Bible, so because of that you are afraid. You have read a scripture that says that do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And you have read the scripture that says that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So you don't want to give your body to bad things. This is what you want to hear from a Christian sister or a Christian brother. Not your father. If your father died, then you, you would have been free. Yeah. Let us hear some word from you and use the scriptures to support your action and what you are doing. And if you don't have the scriptures, you don't have the scripture back in, anybody can just deceive you. So, this one is old fashioned, this thing. Number, how many do you have? Three. Okay. Number four. God's word will make you a strong believer. As you feed on the word, you grow in the Lord. Your spirit will grow and you will understand spiritual things. You have to grow. Acts 20, 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. The word is able to do what? Build you up. When you don't have the word, you are not built up. When you have the word, you are built up. The word has the power to build you up. Mm. Three things you must do with the word of God. Number one, desire the word. Yeah. First Peter 2 2. As newborn babes, if you don't know this scripture, I don't know what you know. Say it with me. One, two. First Peter. I can't hear you. First Peter. Desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. So what you have to do with the word is you must desire it. Want it. Like it. Look for it. Job 23, 12. Watch this scripture. Job 23, 12. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my 
necessary food. Are you seeing it in the Bible? I have esteemed the word of his mouth more than my necessary food. That means I love the word more than I love food. There's this thing that we use we used to have, and it's still there anyway. I don't have to say used to it. There. No Bible, no breakfast. Yes. As I read this scripture, that's what I tell you. The, the no Bible, no breakfast. It has a scripture, this thing for it. That I esteemed the word more than my next. In other words, in the morning or at any, I love to study the word or read the word rather than to go and eat watching. So then you wonder, even when they come to church, they will leave the church to go and buy food to eat. Are these people from hell or they are from heaven? Are they on their way to hell or they are on their way to heaven? That church is going on and then you see people are walking around. They are looking for food to eat. And people are sitting here as I'm preaching. All that you are looking for is when is he going to share the grace so that we'll cross the road to this side or move out that way because you have your money on you. You are not going to give offering at the time of the offering, but you are going to just uh, go across like this or like that to just go and eat. That's what you are thinking about. Not the word. So you have to desire if it will help you in your life, if you become a strong person, what you need is to desire the word. Number two, you must have a daily quiet time to read the Bible. Daily quiet time. Daily quiet time. Joshua 1 eight. this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Quiet time is every day. Spending time with God. Quiet time is a regular daily time you keep with God. It is a personal, note the word, personal, unhurried time in Bible reading and praying. Quiet time is a time that God communicates with you through his word and prayer. Wow. Any person who is about to Stand and overcome as a Christian will be somebody who does quiet time. If you don't do quiet time, your situation is precarious. Oh, you are in trouble. That is true. Because quiet time gives you the opportunity to every day open the Bible, read a scripture, even if it's just one verse, two verses, one chapter, one whatever. There are Things to do in quiet time. I'm sure we'll learn about this. Those who know, they know. But I'm reminding you of them. Every day. And then you also have the opportunity to pray. Every day. If you want to grow. If you want to grow. Hallelujah. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Pray every day. Pray every day. 
Read your Bible. Pray every day if you want to grow. You know all these things. Me, I never went to Sunday school in my life before. You didn't go to Sunday school. Why? You were a bad boy then. Me, I wasn't a bad boy. Where I grew up, there was no Sunday school. Are you still here? If you want to grow, what do you do? Read your Bible, pray every day. What activity will make you read Bible and pray every day? Quiet time. Number three. Be determined to be a doer of the word. Do the word. Yes. You must do means obey. Implement. Action. The things that you are reading. James 1, 22. This is Christian teaching. Yes. These are the things we should be hearing more of in the church. Yeah, I think so. James 1, 22. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. When you come and they preach the word, you hear the word. When you go out of here, you have forgotten everything that was said. It doesn't even stay with you for a moment to try to do what has been said. I'm talking about reading your Bible. I'm talking about quiet time. I'm talking about loving them. Look, there's nobody here that what I'm saying is not relevant to, including the preacher himself. And if it is not bringing to you a call for action, that look, this thing I'm hearing, I've heard it before. I used to do now, so I don't know it. And I'm hearing a good thing. So from today or tomorrow, I'm going to implement this thing. If you don't have that action mind, then you are lost. Yes. A doer of the word. Verse 23. If you are not a doer, you are deceiving yourself. You are not deceiving the pastor. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. What? Now, watch this scripture. He said, if you hear and you don't do, you are like somebody who stands in the mirror. I mean, you are dressed, you are going out, you stood in the mirror, and then you saw that, what do you see? Some white patch be was like this over here. And you saw it. And it's like, oh, I've seen that there's something. Then you turn away like this. You have forgotten about what you saw. And where's the town? As you are walking, you see that people are eyeing you like this. Is this person okay? 
is this man okay? Is there something wrong with this person? Because what they are seeing is, 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 <laughs> is very dangerous. Maybe if somebody says, oh yeah, I saw it too. It's like, I heard the word though. But as soon as I left the church, I forgot. Yes. Those who hear message, those who hear and don't act. Those who glance in the mirror, walk away. And two minutes later, have no idea who they are, who they, what they look. Like as you turn away, you have forgotten that your hair was not this thing. You are, the wig didn't fit or something. I mean, you are clumsy. You look like a witch. And you saw it. But when you turn away like this, it's like you are going to take your comb or your brush or something to fix the thing. Then you forgot and you are on your way. That's how you are when you don't do the word. So be a doer of the word. A doer of the word. Forced to implement. That's why it is important to have a notebook so you can write down something which is an action. I'm going to do this. From today, I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm, 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 I'm going to change this, act on this. These are the steps I'm going to take. If you don't have that, you are just a hearer of the word and not a doer. But watch. Uh, the verse 25, he said, it is the doer of the word who is blessed in his deeds. So the blessing of the word of God is the doing of the word. When you do it, you have blessing. Oh, you can read it, but if you don't do it, there's no blessing to it. I'm reading the Bible. Yes. You can hear it, but if you don't do it, there's nothing to it. You can memorize it even. But if you don't do it, so anything we do with the word, at the end of the day, we must implement it. That is where the blessing is. This man shall be blessed in his deed. May you be a lover of the word, an implementer of the word, a doer of the word of God. Because that is the source of your strength. That is the source of your power. That is where you can overcome the issues of life. And that is also where your blessings will flow in, arise. Read your Bible. Pray every day. It's equal to what? Quiet time. You wake up in the morning. Don't look for Kokroko. Uh, what? Morning show. Good morning, Ghana. Or any of these things. When you wake up, your Bible and your prayer. Oh, I tell you that you'll be a completely different man. A completely different human. You'll be a spiritual person. Your eyes will be open to see the troubles you have been having. You won't have them because without the word, you are walking in darkness. 
and you fall into the gutter and have all kinds of situations. But with the word of God, which has come to you on that day, you are walking in that light. He said that he beams my path with his word, with his light. When you have the word, your, your, your light, your path is beamed. You will not walk in darkness. Evil things. In darkness, there are also evil things. Is that not so? Evil spirits operate in the dark. Witches operate in the dark. Yeah. That's why when they put street light after some time, it doesn't work again. Because <laughs> it worries the witches. Lift your hands and pray. No, put your hand on your heart like this. And ask God to help you to love the word. He said, I esteem thy commandment more than my necessary food. I esteem thy commandment more than my necessary food. I love the commandment. I value the commandment. I give attention to the commandment. The commandment has my heart, my thought, far more than the food that I will eat. When I wake up, I think about the word before I think about food. That's what he's saying. I esteem it more, more, more. May somebody somebody be liberated. And be delivered today because of the word. Jesus said that the prince of this world cometh, but he has nothing in me. He didn't have the things of the world, but he had the word in him. May you have the word in you that when the prince comes, you still have nothing in you. But the word is in me. Thank you. We bless you. We honor you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Close your eyes. You have come to church today. You are not born again. I want to pray for you that the Spirit of God will dwell in you, that Jesus will dwell in you, that you will be born again today. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I want Jesus to come into my heart. Lift up your right hand like this. You want Jesus to come into your heart. You want to be born again. Lift up your right hand. You are not born again. You must be born again today. Today is your day. You are not, but today you must because tomorrow will be too late. Certainly too late. Lift up your right hand. You need Jesus. I'm praying for you. Father, every hand that is lifted up, let them see the light of your salvation. You need Jesus. Lift up your hand. Lift it up as I pray. God bless you. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Come into my heart today. Forgive me my sins. Wash me in the blood. Write my name in the book of life. From today, I belong to Jesus. I will follow Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen. God bless you. God bless you for listening. We invite you to join us this Sunday. Our Doxa service is at 7.45 a.m. and Victory service at 10 a.m. Our Victory prayer service is on Saturdays at 6 a.m. Like and subscribe to Bishop Steve Asari. 
DHMM on Facebook and YouTube and Lighthouse Chapel International HQ. May God bless you and protect you. Angels cry, singing home.